This UTR media presentation is sponsored by Escape to the Lake at escapetothelake.net. Yeah, because we have relegated worship to a category of music, we just miss a ton. On this podcast, we love taking you behind the scenes so that you can get to know the heart behind the music. And uh, this episode will be a unique one. Welcome. This is episode 13 of Green Room Door, a production of UTR Media. Hi, I'm Dave Trout. And last week I was at the National Worship Leaders Conference in Nashville, Tennessee, which was put on by Worship Leader Magazine. So this is a follow-up to that trip, which will serve both as a recap of the event itself and also uh, we'll be talking about the topic and theme of worship in general here on this episode. And true to any sort of recap, uh, we're not just going to talk to one interview guest today. We're, we want to have a lot of different perspectives and voices in on the conversations. We'll be talking to several different artists and attendees from last week's National Worship Leader Conference. It's a topic we don't talk about all that much Because worship music these days is such a mixed bag, isn't it? I mean, it is true there there is good worship music being made today. There's stuff that's passionate and articulate and interesting and creative and thoughtful. Um, And in the same, uh, you know, the the other side of that same coin is that uh, there is a bunch of songs that are kind of copycat sound alike, bumper sticker lyrics with... Um, that are kind of being spit out of the commercial factory faster than LED fidget spinners. How do we make sense of it all? How do we appreciate the good even in the midst of the bad? Our guests are not afraid to broach those topics. So let's begin with a conversation I had with one of the artists that was performing on the main stage of the conference the very first night. Brothers McClurg are a fantastic alt-bluegrass Americana and worship band that hails uh, from upstate New York. And uh, I talked to Chris Hoisington from the band and asked him this. What does authentic worship look like in, from your vantage point? I mean, f- straight out of the gate, I mean, I've, I've heard so many people say, like, oh, man, I just, after they come to a show or, you know, even when talking about other worship artists, like, oh, man, they just love their heart. They just have such a great heart. From an artist's perspective, I feel like that's a weird thing to say because your heart should be, if you're doing worship, especially, your heart should be in the right place. I mean, that's like a prerequisite. Even though that's not the case all the time, um, I feel like it's kind of a, a given if you're going to be effective, really effective, that it starts with that, you know. And so the heart thing to me is is not even really a part of the conversation, even though I know it's a big deal. It's it's just the groundwork that all everything else flows from. Um but yeah, I mean, a lot of it for me kind of is just the beauty of it, the fact that it doesn't um, uh, cl- have cliche lyrics. Um, I mean, a very basic thing for me is I like when songs start out in a singer-songwriter vein, and by the chorus, it's a very singable chorus. And I think if you can 
lead worship out of a spot of drawing people in from a heart place or a heart lyric that digs a little deeper, that draws their attention into what you're doing. And then by the chorus, you give them a hook or something that that they can latch on to that sums up the song. To me, that's not just great songwriting for the for sacred music. That's just great songwriting in general, you know. Um, I mean, I think of easy example is like a John Mark McMillan, How He Loves. It starts off very non-traditional, very, very singer-songwriter, but it gets to a place where it's very singable in the chorus. And I think that there's that, that to me is what makes um, it a great song. Is not, and, and very few times do I hear very simple worship songs that feel right, um, that don't need more meat on the bone, so to speak. Um, unless it's like, it just connects with the artist in a way that's like, it's just what they need to say. And it just, and there are times where that happens, but not generally speaking. Um, so yeah, I mean, that would probably be singer songwriter in the verse and then bring, bring the crew together in the chorus, you know, where it, it kind of breaks it down to the one or two lines that really sum up the whole picture. Love that. Ah, great stuff from Chris Hoisington from Brothers McClurg. Uh, we're excited that Brothers McClurg is going to be a leading worship at Escape to the Lake this July. And also we had the brothers at a special event that we did at the National Worship Leaders Conference last week. In fact, on day number two, we had an event called UTR's Stories and Songs at the Hub. And it was really one of the only purely singer-songwriter events of the whole conference. Uh, we had some amazing performances from folks like the Gray Havens, Andy Osenga, Krista Wells, John Tibbs, Ian Zumbach, Rickley James, and the brothers. Oh, it was so fun. Uh, such a great time, such great music. And in fact, here is a little sample of that. Um, it's Brothers McClurg performing live from the UTR event at the National Worship Leaders Conference. are so good live brothers McClurg we can't wait to have them at escape to the lake and 
a peek behind the curtain. Uh, this was actually the first time I'd ever met them in person and first time I ever saw them play live. I had emailed them and talked to them on the phone a bunch over the last several months, but this was just such a great time to hang out because after the conference would wrap up each night, at least for the first couple nights while they were still in town, I just went out and hung out and, uh, got to know each other uh, better and it was a really sweet time one of the one of the highlights of my trip for sure um, so I uh, even took some time to ask Chris Hoisington from the band just uh, about his experience at the conference and even specifically what it was like to be in, uh, involved in our special UTR showcase event that we did on uh, day number two yeah I mean for for me today um... I think the most beautiful thing and and thing I appreciate appreciate about uh, Dave Trout and the UTR team. Um, shameless plug. He didn't twenty bucks. Man. Yeah, he didn't tell me to say that. Um, it's just um, setting up opportunities for artists to to connect that feel the same way about uh, being creative about their faith in new ways, finding new ways to approach it. Um, I think that there's a, there's a loss of that there's a, in, the ch- in, in the church and the world. I mean, Ian and I had a conversation about this on the last tour that aside from UTR, there's not really a whole lot of stuff that is a, is a platform for stuff that we love and the, and the things that we love to ch- chase after or the art that we are drawn to ourselves. And um, so for me, today was just a moment to see a community that's already in process and to be able to feel like you're kind of sitting at the table with artists that are already engaged in doing those things and are already having a conversation. In a lot of ways, that's like church in and and of itself, you know, so in the purest form of what church is. Oh, that's always encouraging to hear. Uh, Yeah, thanks to Chris from Brothers McClurg for those thoughts. Um, Another guy who I got to meet for the very first time um, is a worship artist out of Ohio. His name is Brian Campbell. He has six albums under his belt, so he's been faithfully doing music and touring and leading worship as well as seminars uh, for the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. Uh, He's actually working on his seventh album right now. And I uh, was able to sit down and talk to Brian about uh, his role at the conference. How how did you get involved in the Worship Leader Conference? Man, well, probably five years ago, I went to a song discovery conference in Franklin that Worship Leader Magazine was putting on. And it just absolutely empowered and transformed what we were doing. And we ended up touring in the next two to three months out of that. And it's just, um, I love what worship leader, uh, the the national worship leader conference is really about and, um, love the fact that there's so many worship leaders that are gathering in one area, um, with the, the intent purpose to grow and to be, um, inspired and encouraged to go serve again. I can't think of a better event to be part of. So that's why I'm here. That's cool. And what are, what are just, what are the, th- some of the things that you're, you're doing at this year's event? Yeah, I'm, I'm speaking at a couple workshops. Um, 
There was a uh, a session this morning that I spoke at for from passive to participatory. So just in yeah, empowering your church to be more involved in worship and how do we do that and how do we get everybody on the same page, moving on the same train in the same direction. And then the other one is on identity. And I think identity is a, it's a topic that a lot of us as worship leaders really deal with and um, deal with in different seasons and, and in different contexts. So um, I'm just really excited to be here and and it's my first time here at the conference, so I'm really enjoying that. Nice. It was great to meet Brian Campbell, and uh, we actually were able to do a full-length interview uh, that focused a little bit more on his new album that's coming out later this year. So uh, we expect that he'll be back here on Green Room Door uh, later in 2018. Okay, I think it's time to reveal to you what was my favorite part of the National Worship Leaders Conference last week in Nashville. Uh, And uh, first I'll tell you some of the people that they had there uh, because it doesn't necessarily um, resemble what you would expect the National Worship Leaders Conference to look like. I kind of in my head thought, well, they're going to cart out, you know, the biggest, glitziest (laughs) worship bands of today Uh, The folks that sort of make every worship leader feel a little bit inferior, (laughs) like, here's the best we have to offer. You know, here's Hillsong and Bethel and Elevation Worship and Chris Tomlin and all these names like that. And and they, they didn't do that. They actually went a different route, which I found much more refreshing because I think it definitely served where worship leaders were at. Um, They had incredible artists like... Um, Crowder, Matt Marr, uh, Nicole C. Mullen, Michael W. Smith, even Phil Keggy was there. Uh, they had great speakers like Eddie DeGarmo, John J. Thompson, David Bunker, Chuck Fromm, the guy who founded Worship Leader Magazine, and oh, just a ton more. There were over 75 different speakers and artists that were a part of this event. And my favorite session happened on the last day, one of the last performances of the whole conference. Uh, There was a special, uh, more like an in the round that happened on the main stage. And uh, the artists involved were Audrey Assad, Sandra McCracken, Andrew Peterson, Phil Joel, remember him from the Newsboys or Zealand Worship, Stu G, and Alyssa Turner. I got to tell you, I didn't expect to receive much at the conference. I kind of went to more to connect with people, but God just met me in a special way during that little set of music. And and they all had time to share some stories. And boy, it just really impacted my heart. I cried like a little baby for over an hour. It was a really sweet time. Now, of course, uh, I'm partial as well to the event that we put on. That was a ton of fun. Um, The special singer-songwriter event on day number two. In fact, here is another little uh, live sample clip of a performance from John Tibbs.
Yeah, we love bringing you some samples from the National Worship Leaders Conference last week uh, in Nashville. Here on episode 13 of Green Room Door, I mentioned several minutes ago about UTR's Escape to the Lake, which is our flagship event. It's happening July 19th through the 21st. And if you're listening to this episode as it is coming out, um, well, then there are just a few days left. These are the final days for you to get in on the cheapest rates possible. Um, we uh, have made it dirt cheap for the early bird. So this is uh, the last chance. It expires on May 28th, which is Memorial Day. That's your deadline to get in on the lowest possible rate. So we want you to jump on that and be a part of an incredible gathering, which includes folks like Andy Osenga, Krista Wells. We heard from Brothers McClurg, Zach Petrini Band, uh, Royce Lovett, Caroline Cobb, Jess Ray, Nick Flora, and a bunch of others. So come on with us and hang out this July. It is going to be a blast. And all the information you need on schedule, on rates, on the rest of the artist roster, it's all at escapetothelake.net. That's where you can register as well, escapetothelake.net. Now, coming up in the second half of the show, we will continue with some more highlights including uh, some thoughts from Rickley James, Ian Zumbach, and one of the attendees at the event. So stick around. This UTR media production is sponsored by the latest release by Ufala. Between the Hills by You Follow was reviewed by Jesus Freak Hideout as a terrific album with gorgeous melodies. Between the Hills is available now at iTunes, Amazon, and youfollowmusic.com. The best Christian indie music event of the summer is coming July 19th through 21st in Cedar Lake, Indiana. Escape to the Lake 2018 is a one-of-a-kind gathering with some of today's best songwriters like Krista Wells, Andrew Osenga, Jess Ray, Royce Lovett, Caroline Cobb, Brothers McClurg, and over a dozen others. Early bird registration period is happening now, so get more info or register at escapetothelake.net.
live sample of, of the event that we did last week, UTR's Stories and Songs at the Hub, which was live from the National Worship Leaders Conference in Nashville. Oh, just a fun, fun time. And yet yeah, you heard a lot of background noise. And that's partly because we fed everybody. Yes, we provided dinner for uh, all the folks that showed up. Um, it was a capacity crowd. It was a lot of fun. Um, so we fed their bellies and then also fed their ears and souls with some amazing music. Ah, what a great time. Uh, next up uh, on our list of folks that we talked to is Rick Lee James. He's a worship pastor out of Springfield, Ohio. He's also a podcast host. He's recorded songs for Lifeway Worship. He has a couple of solo albums under his belt. He's actually working uh, on releasing his third album, Thunder, a little bit later this year. Um, and we talked to Rick and dove right in to uh, kind of a meaty topic when it comes to worship. Not everybody in our culture, even the church culture, mm-hmm. has an immediate connection to worship music or worship or the idea of um, kind of the, the culture that's been created around worship. Okay. And um, why is that? Why is there... Um, like when somebody when somebody talks about the idea of worship or the idea of worship music, mm-hmm. those things can mean a whole lot of different things to different yeah. people. Okay. Why is there sometimes a disconnect, sometimes a misunderstanding? Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like that um, that idea has just gone in so many different directions? Okay. Um, gosh, that's probably a really huge topic. I'll try my best as I'm thinking about it, but. I think one thing is a lot of times worship music specifically is written for like the masses. And so you're trying to write something that everybody can sing and is accessible to everybody. And sometimes I think the art suffers a little bit because you're trying to make it um, maybe generic's not the right word, but sometimes it comes off as generic, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it can feel a little less artful at times because you're trying to make it so accessible, I think. Um, and what is really impressive to me is when you see like an artist that is able to kind of really ride that line of being incredibly creative and creating some new spaces, um, I, I think of people like all sons and daughters who have done that very well, you know, and, and have just, they kind of ride that line between something being a, a new art form and trying to create something that is, is said from the heart and is said in a new way, but is also at the same time accessible and something that a congregation can sing easily. Um, and in, in the past and, and maybe now as well, we've, we've got a lot of places that are specifically specializing in maybe what is safe and a lot of times if we stay in the realm of what is safe it can also feel a little bit bland and so I just feel like maybe that's why the disconnect sometimes because um, unfortunately we've created worship as a category of music versus a thing that we actually do in its entirety as we come together on the Sunday morning from the from the gathering to the scattering, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot packed into that term worship that gets lost, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I would love for you to unpack a little bit about um, the idea of worship even extending beyond music and how mm-hmm. important it is for people to have that kind of deep, 
reverence for God through various walks through life. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, we've, yeah, because we have relegated worship to a category of music, we just miss a ton. I believe what we do on Sunday morning is a smaller and, and compressed way of what we're supposed to do throughout the week. You know, when we gather together, we, we honor God, we repent, we love our neighbors, we come to the table to, to join together where Jesus is the host. We're supposed to be a welcoming and inviting people. Um, and I th- as that is carried out into life outside the church, it's supposed to be a way of expressing this worship of God who has been so gracious to us in the receiving of the bread or in the receiving of the cup or in offering forgiveness to us, that we're supposed to be those people in the world who are doing those things to those that we encounter, even to enemies and and things that are really hard tasks to do. So all of life is to honor God. All of life becomes a way of worship. But unfortunately, we've used that term worship to just mean a certain genre of music now. And we've almost created a culture of worship rock stars versus mm. a worship lifestyle you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. and i think that's where some of the uh, the messiness of it comes in um but you know uh, keith green used had a song make my life a prayer to you right you know? and i think everything we do in worship on sunday mornings is supposed to be a form of prayer in one way or another the book of psalms which was israel's worship hymn book and it expresses every emotion you can possibly have to God and with God in the presence. And that's the way we um, are called to live it out in the kingdom and in the community. So there's yeah. there's a lot to it. So. Yeah, very good stuff there from Rick Lee James, uh, who also served as UTR's official volunteer. Very helpful. Thank you. Rick also performed at UTR's special showcase event. And... Uh, Rick will be coming to Escape to the Lake this July. Very cool. And uh, we also were able to sit down and do a full-length interview um, talking about his upcoming album. So uh, he'll be back here on Green Room Door uh, down the road a little ways. Next up, we want to change the pace a little bit because we've been talking to a lot of the artists and performers at the conference. Uh, We wanted to talk to one of the attendees. Uh, So we sat down with Mark Branson from Liberty Baptist Church in Flowood, Mississippi, and asked him for some of his reflections on the National Worship Leaders Conference. Too many highlights. (laughs) Um, Well, I just came from a class about how to uh, build and rehearse uh, your worship team, worship band and such, and uh, Carl Albrecht taught that and just... Uh, refined some of the things that I had already been doing over the years, but then recalled some. And one of those things that he talked about was, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. So that's what I had done. I had not used some things that I had learned earlier, but anyway, rekindled that. And then um, uh, Meredith Andrews this morning just always knocks it out of the park. Always. Such Such a dynamic voice, but such a dynamic spirit on top of that. And then our pastor... Uh, today. Wow, he was uh, just awesome. Uh, left with many, many uh, short phrases of, of the things that he had talked about and and um, importance of, of worship and, and where that is for you. And so um, 
Ray Jones, love Ray, have followed him for some years. Had actually hoped to have gone to his church last year, but it didn't work out. So glad to see him here in Nashville this year. Um, other things about trying to stay current, because uh, I've been in music ministry for a while, and I think that's probably one, been one of the important things that I've been watching um, through this conference is to, to make sure that I stay up to date. Uh, as I said earlier, stay relevant. Uh, my gray hair shows that I have some age on me, so I need to be relevant and I need to be current because there are still folks who are coming behind me and I want to be able to pass the baton well. And so I need to see what's happening now so that I can bring in the younger ones, um, encourage them, be a part of that, help speak their same language. And then um, when it comes time, hand the baton off well. Um, the music uh, part of the worship has just been tremendous, um, overwhelming even at times. So I, I praise the Lord just for some of my own private moments that I've gotten to. Uh, the music has worked in my heart, the spirit in that. And so that's been another very powerful time for me. Different moments, you know, within concerts and things probably spoke uh, maybe to me a little bit more. And so I just use those as personal time for refreshment and to uh, rekindle the spirit in me so that when it's time to go back home, I be refreshed and uh, ready to lead my congregation in worship. Yeah, nice. Thank you to Mark Branson for sharing those thoughts. Uh, next up, we talked with Ian Zumbach, an artist on Old Bear Records, and asked him about how experiencing authentic moments in worship shapes you as a person and as a songwriter. I mean, I can think of an instance right off the top of my head. Um, those moments of authentic worship for me, like most authentic, that really hit me are the moments where I'm confronted with the reality of God's unrelenting love for me and 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 the reminder of the of the weight and the burden that, that I carried in my life of my of the sin that I had and when he removed it from me and I I'm not always even I'm not even sure how in those moments it wasn't even something that could be manufactured or something that that even I got there through song it was just something inherently in the truth of God's word it could have been something that I was sharing or setting up a song for example there was a song the table I remember that I went to my home church and uh, actually brothers McClurg were with me and I was sharing about about that song and I just remember weeping from the from the from the altars I tried to talk through setting up how the gospel is presented through the scripture in second Samuel chapter 9 verses 1 through 10 where which the table derives its inspiration from and just the reminder of that I was once an enemy of God and I have been brought into this relationship with him and more than that he has somehow elected me to to be involved in a work to go and to share this message now with other people and to and to and to and to craft songs and to and to create intimate moments of not just worship but reflection and inspiration and prayer through the songs where people are reminded of 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 the reality of god's unrelenting love that's not um 
that that's not that's not pushed away by their sin, but rather His grace is so so much bigger and so much greater that it's able to overwhelm that and and reach through and break through the walls and the barriers that might try to keep Him out. And so those authentic intimate moments of worship usually come from a, re a remembrance of how much I've been forgiven and 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 the life that I now live through Christ and in Christ. And it just brings me back to calibrate my mindset when I feel like I'm getting out into areas, um, even in songwriting, where it might be I'm chasing down ideas that maybe aren't clever, but things that maybe aren't exactly um, directly associated with the revelation of, of, of God being with us, with the cross and with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So that, if there's one core message, one core thing that's worth its weight with inherent power that has the ability and the power to change lives it's it's only the gospel and so those moments inspire me to to bring it back to that place and right from that place of of being reminded that people need to hear this message and it has the power to change our life yeah amen to that uh, and we were honored to have ian zumbach as one of the performers at our utr showcase event at the conference um and brothers mcclurg backed him up on stage as they performed the song the table so here's a little sample of that live performance You know, this is also my first time meeting Ian Zumbach in person. So I asked him uh, for his reflections on being a part of the UTR event while at the conference. You know, there's a there's a iron that sharpens iron, and uh, faith inspires more faith. And so, seeing the faith of 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 the other artists that are mining after new creative expressions and aesthetics and and lyrics and the way that is presented uh, through music to get the message of the gospel out to other people it's inspiring it makes you want to continue to do it because there's strength in numbers and there's this growth and family and this extension and you've all of a sudden you find like wow there's other tribes and other areas that are doing what we desire to do and god has now organized it and connected connected us with those types of artists it's just really inspiring and then to see you know to see yourself, you know, um, you know, Dave and and uh, UTR, almost as a pastor and a shepherd, a pastor and a a shepherd over that work, you know, to go ahead and curate and bring these people in and invite this invite this um, uh, a, a arena or platform for everybody to get together and commune and, and inspire each other. It is it is like church. It's really mm -hmm. it's really really cool. So that'd be my only other thought on that 
Oh, that is so kind and so encouraging. Uh, a big, huge, special thank you to not only Ian Zumbach, who you just heard from, uh, but all the guests on today's episode of Green Room Door. Thanks to Brian Campbell, uh, Mark Branson, Rickley James, Brothers McClurg, and additional music from John Tibbs and Krista Wells. A huge thank you and a congratulations to Jackie, Stephanie, and the whole team at Worship Leader Magazine for putting on a fantastic event. Uh, The National Worship Leaders Conference um, was a huge undertaking, and it really was a stellar event. I really uh, encourage you to consider going in future years. This is the first time they were at a college campus. It was great to be at Trevecca as well. Thank you to David Bunker, a friend of ours who helped to open up some of the doors and key relationships so that we could even be at the conference in the first place. And speaking of Worship Leader Magazine, I'm excited to tell you that uh, my first two published articles in Worship Leader ever both appeared in the latest edition of Worship Leader Magazine. Um, I, one is an uh, interview I do with several artists on the topic of beauty and songwriting, and, and then also a more extended interview with Sarah Groves. So happy to have those in the magazine, and uh, we will be reposting those on our website uh, sometime in the second half of May. Our next episode of Green Room Door will be, uh, I guess, our season finale. <laughs> we didn't really think of this uh, show in terms of seasons when we began, but I guess it's sort of just shaping out that way uh, because, you know, with Escape to the Lake coming up as well as some a family vacation time, I just need to take a bit of a summer hiatus. So... Uh, we'll just be kind of pushing pause on the podcast for a little bit, coming back in late summer, early fall with a whole batch of new interviews with artists. So, uh, so I guess I will be wrapping up season one, uh, with a really in-depth, fantastic interview with Remedy Drive. You won't want to miss it. That's coming up, uh, real soon. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been a blast. If you want some more information about this ministry and even our sister podcast or some of the other content that we have, uh, you can check it out at our website, utrmedia.org. And you can also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're all at UTR Media. Until next time, I'm Dave Trout, and this is Green Room Door, a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Chicago, Illinois, and online at utrmedia.org.